and today's message is called the the peacemaker and uh, we didn't really get to share too much of our traveling last weekend because we just had so much on the itinerary of we had the wedding which was amazing and then we had our, our Thanksgiving family and fellowship afterwards and so um, but we, we there was just things strategically the Lord was giving us while we were there for our house and for the region here and um, that's that's where the title came from the peacemaker even for this morning Three years ago, when we first came to Ohio, the Lord had um, had me had this encounter with him. And the encounter was that I saw a lighthouse. And as I began to see this lighthouse, I saw lots and lots of boats. They were like way far, far away in the ocean. And as I began to see the, the boats really far on the ocean, It's like they chose to, the Lord began to speak to me about these boats and how amazing they were, but they got caught up with doing their own thing. And it was no longer about the will of the Father, but it was about things they wanted to do, Um, uh, zeal, ambition, all these things. And um, they had gone so far that they didn't realize that they were just so far from the lighthouse. And the lighthouse represented the church. And all of a sudden, I see this lighthouse. Um, I see the light from the lighthouse come on. And I see where they had been in storms. And they had been tossed to and fro in the middle of these storms out there in the ocean. And um, the Lord was bringing them back into the house of the Lord. And so I just saw the where the boats were beginning to come back. And as they were coming back, um, they were all bruised and battered and their pieces had been broken off. It's like the boats themselves were needed restoration. They needed fixing. Um, Paints were chipped. (laughs) Pieces of the woods of the boats were chipped off. I mean, it was just, um, and all you want, like my heart when I had this encounter was like, man, all I want to do is bring restoration to these boats. Like, I want to go buy some new wood. I want to paint. I want to I want to get them back where they need to be. But in the spirit, it was about bringing restoration to the body of Christ of the brokenness. And so uh, when they came back to the lighthouse, um, they all came back at one time and surrounded this lighthouse. And there were so many of them that, that the, I began to see the boats even come up to the rock areas where there was rocky areas around the lighthouse where they were just so desperate. They just landed wherever with them hurrying up to come back. And in this process, I all of a sudden, there was a moment where I began to hear the anchors begin to drop all at once to the ground into the depths of the ocean and it was a loud clanging sound and um and I remember uh being in the encounter and I said man I said how powerful is that the ang- the uh pastor Jeff shared on that this morning about the um he's the anchor of our hope he's who we hold on to and our hope comes from him and and I began to uh see that scripture about how it was a time of holding on to the Lord, holding on to the lighthouse, because the lighthouses always gave direction to those that were lost. And it was a light of the Lord that was going to bring them back into places where they needed to be, where they had run from before. 
And so I share all this because of what recently um, we went out to um, Rhode Island and Massachusetts. I say that wrong every time, but <laughs> I think I'm not the only one. But when we were in Massachusetts, we picked a day and we just we had like a little bit of time during the day and we took off to go see the Mayflower. But when we got there, there wasn't just one boat, there was two boats. <laughs> and these were huge boats. So we're like, well, we've never seen the Mayflower. So we were like, which boat is it? We don't even know where to go. Um, so we're looking and we go, we, we go to this one boat first. And um, the one boat, we're like, where did this boat come from? And, and the people were there who are from, locals from the area, didn't know where this boat came from. <laughs> they were like, where did this boat come from? It's randomly here. We didn't know. It, it, it literally had just landed that day we went to go see the Mayflower. It had just gotten there that day. And we're walking up to this boat, and on the side of the boat, it's called, the boat's called the Peacemaker. And, and, <laughs> and as I'm looking at this boat, I mean, I'm like in, in joy land here because I'm a boat person. I love boats. Um, just being there was just like so my happy place. And we go up to the boat, and we see the title of the boat. And my husband, he, he, he comes around the boat to look like, you know, the ocean area around the boat, and he starts to see all these little boats all around this one boat. <laughs> and we were like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, this is like the vision that I had, but instead of it being a lighthouse this time, it was a boat that said the peacemaker on it. And I was like, God, you're so awesome. Like, it just touched our hearts to see this. I was like, this is like my vision coming true in the natural for a now time, for such a time as this. And so, so I grabbed it. And, um, and uh, when we were there, we were like, you know, people look at things in the natural and try to give uh, understanding in the natural. I try to grab things in the spirit because if the peacemaker had come, who is the main peacemaker? The Lord. The Lord is our peacemaker. He is the number one peacemaker of all. Um, <laughs> and it's so amazing because we went, we went to this and we saw this, and there was two boats, which represents the double-double. And anybody who's been a part of our house understands that this house is a house of double-double. Everything God has done, his blessings, everything has been in the doubles. It's like a double blessing, a double this, a du the, 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 the two, 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 what brought us here. Everything's been about that. And so I'm, si I'm standing out there, and we go to the other boat. The Mayflower represent, the whole reason why they came on that boat is for freedom. They came because they wanted to be free. It was only a group of people, maybe a little over 100. We walked on the boat. We were on the boat there. Um, we got to see it, and I took it in the spirit, and I said, God, you're sending freedom, and you're sending the peace. And it's like, okay, Lord, you're so amazing that you would send in the natural the things that we need in the spirit for such a time as this. And I want to talk to you about how the peace of the Lord is where we need to be right now. 
there's chaos all around us in the media and every decision making that's out there. Um, the enemy's really trying to press people, put pressure on people to make quick decisions, to run. I remember when I first got here, that was one thing that I saw um, pressed on me was that uh, the in the spirit in the region what lived here was fear. And the fear that was here when I first got here wasn't fear that I was carrying. It was fear that the enemy was lying to me about to hurry up and pack up my things and leave. And it was very heavy. And when I discovered, well, this fear is not me. This fear is coming from the enemy. It's not the Lord because the Lord is not going to bring fear upon me to hurry up and pack my bags and leave. The, the Lord's going to bring me peace because he called us to be here. And that's the difference right there. So when I saw that, I was like, you know, we prayed and I pushed through and I said, devil, you're scared. You're so scared and you're trying to get me to make a quick decision to pack my bags and leave because you're scared of what the Lord is going to do here with us being here. And so you have to begin to see, okay, this is God. This is not God. The whole time that I was there, I just kept seeing eight, eight, eights, eights everywhere. The whole time I was in Rhode Island, the whole time I was in Massachusetts, I come back to here and we go out to eat to this restaurant. And in the front uh, patio of this restaurant, there's a license plate there and it says eight, 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 eight. And I'm thinking, well, this new beginnings, this new 888, it was for Rhode Island, it was for Massachusetts, it was a lovely time. And I come and I see this license plate and the Lord says, nope, it's for here too. Um, God's doing new things and he's giving an, us an opportunity for new beginnings. Um, I want to I share some scripture on these things because um, this is where the church has been, and this is where the, where the Lord's going to take us, okay? The Lord, in John 20, 19 through 21, Jesus appears to his disciples. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there amongst them, and he says, peace be with you, he said. And as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and on his side. And they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. And then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. So this is the first part. He shows up. You can imagine the times that we're in at this moment. Jesus had just gone to the cross. They're scared. People are scared right now. People, I think that's the one thing that we had to break the most in our traveling was the fear of people and how scared they were. People were shaking scared, literally shaking scared to come to the services sometimes. And we had to come in with the, with the truth and the spirit of God to break off this horrible fear and anxiety that they were carrying because it was not of the Lord. And so um, it says here about how fearful they were. They were in fear because they didn't know what was going to happen next. 
Jesus had, they couldn't find his body. They were like, they went to the tomb. The body was no longer there. They're like, Lord, we don't under, they're trying to understand all this time when he was speaking to them, but they didn't have really understanding of it. They didn't understand about the resurrection power. They didn't understand any of that. They just knew that their everything had died at this point. And here we are. We got this group of people that hate, hated the Lord, that were against the things of God because they didn't understand that he was the Savior. So they were living in fear. They had to lock their doors How many churches right now have had to go through this fear during this time and doing things that they normally wouldn't do inside their churches? It's gotten so crazy. I say all that because the Lord comes in and there's people that are are not believing right now. There's a lot of doubt and there's a lot of disbelief for the kingdom of God, for the Lord Let me tell you, the enemy is changing their mind about the Lord and what he has spoken. Doubt comes in. Deception comes in. All these things come in to attack the body of Christ because they don't understand what's going on at this very moment in our nation, in the world. And this is what's going on here. See, they're, they're the same thing. And Jesus comes and Jesus tells them, he reappears to them. He appears to them and he tells them, peace be with you. Do not lose your peace. He is a peacemaker. He tells them twice, peace be with you. Peace be with you. And then after that, he says, as the father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit And he blows the breath of life inside of them, of the living Holy Spirit inside of them, that they are no longer going to be fearful, but they would be led by the Holy Spirit of the Father of heaven and be functioning out of the Holy Spirit now, and no longer will they function out of fear. This is a place where the Lord wants us to be. Eight days later... This is what happens. Eight days. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading this this morning. I'm like, Lord, you're so good. You're so, like, specific on your timing. You're so detailed on everything you do. It amazes me of where we're at, where we're supposed to go. Every single detail matters. In John 20, 24 through 28, eight days later, this is with Thomas. <laughs> you know, doubting Thomas. <laughs> Jesus appears to Thomas, one of the 12 disciples. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we've seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands and put my fingers into them and place my hand in his wound on his side. There are many believers right now saying this. I don't believe the Lord is going to come. I don't believe the Lord is going to help us. I don't believe all these doubt and doubt. I don't believe that the Lord is going to do this. I don't believe. And and they, they don't mean to be there, but this is where the body of Christ has become because they're listening to the lies of the enemy. So Thomas comes, doubting Thomas comes, 
And he says this, I'm not going to believe it until I see it for myself. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. And this time Thomas was with them and the doors were locked. But suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing amongst them. And guess what Jesus tells them? (laughs) Peace be with you. He said, then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into my wounds on my side and don't be faithless any longer. Believe. And these are exclamation marks. Jesus is not like, okay, put your finger here. This is so cute. He's like, no, I'm going to demonstrate to you that this is for real, that this is not fake stuff. This is a real thing that's happened. I've been resurrected from the dead. I am not dead. I am alive. And I'm going to demonstrate to you for you to see it in front of your face with your own eyes that this is a real thing. And not only am I going to show this to you, but I'm going to show this for the sole reason that you not lose faith anymore. That you not be faithless anymore. And that you begin to believe the power of the resurrection power. My Lord and my God, this is Thomas. Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told them, you believe because you have seen. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Blessed are those that have not had the encounters and believe. Blessed are those that have not had the same revelations as others have have had. Blessed are those because they choose to believe. There has to come a a place in your heart, a place in your spirit where you begin to choose to believe the things of God. And you cannot falter from that anymore. You can't say, well, I did it. I wasn't there when Jesus went through the cross. I wasn't there. I didn't get to experience it. I didn't get to see it. I didn't get to do any of those things. And because of that, you don't have people that believe. But blessed are those that believe, even if they have not seen it. I believe this was an opportunity for Thomas to have new beginnings. Because it was eight days later that Thomas encountered Jesus again. And I believe grace and mercy came in with the Lord and began to give Thomas another opportunity to catch faith, to to believe again in the kingdom of God and understand how real it was because he had been doubting the Lord all this time. He had been doubting the power. He had been doubting um, everything that, 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 you know, because he was in a place of deception, And the enemy was coming to lie to Thomas, and Thomas was falling for the lies. Many people are falling for the lies right now, and we just can't be there right now. We've got to be in the peace of the Lord. I started thinking about um, when Jesus walked the earth, when there was chaos and the Lord walked in, things shifted and moved. The peace of the kingdom of God would come into a room and shift things when the storm came. And everybody freaks out and it becomes chaotic real quick on the boat. And Jesus just wakes up and says, what are you guys doing? Like, what's up with y'all? Why are you freaking out? Why is this becoming a chaos situation? Did you speak to the storm to stop? And he gets up and he speaks peace upon the storm. 
See, that's where we got to be right now as a body of Christ. We've got to rise up to things that are happening in our own lives that seem chaotic, that seem not of the Lord and not agree with them, but speak that peace would be upon these situations and God would get the honor and glory for it and things would begin to shift. We have to become the peacemakers walking on the earth. We have the authority and power to walk in this peace all the days of our lives. Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Romans 12, 18. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peacefully, uh, peaceably with all. With all. Not just with things we want to be in peace with. In all, in all your problems, in all of your circumstances, in all of your situations you're dealing with right now, in all, let the peace of God come in that situation right now. Ephesians 4, 1 through 32. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There's peace there. There's going to be unity there in one spirit. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope. Remember, we're talking about the anchor and the anchor of hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. We're all together in this, everybody. We are supposed to all be in the same spirit, in the same body, in the same faith as one in unity, abiding in him and him abiding in us. What clings us together? It's the spirit of the Lord. It's Holy Spirit that brings us in unity. James 3, 17 through 18. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable. Gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. If you're a peacemaker, guess what? You're going to have this tremendous amount of fruit. You're going to walk in peace, talk in peace. When those things try to come and ho hover you in your home and try to create chaos and try to create something else, then you speak to those things for the peace of the Lord to come upon them. You'll begin to see the claim, you'll begin to see other people being pulled into you, people you don't even know because of the peace that you carry of the Lord. Colossians 3:15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. That's where it begins. It begins in our hearts. When we received him from the very beginning, what do we say? We receive you, Jesus, in our hearts, right? When we received Jesus in our hearts, when we were saved, we were receiving his peace in our hearts, too. That's what it talks about in Colossians. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Don't let anxiety come in. Don't let worries come in. Don't let any of those things come in your heart. Let the peace begin to rise up in your heart. 
that you're driven by that peace. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. We read these scriptures probably all the time, but it's, it's, we're coming to a season now of application. We can't just talk about the word. We have to begin to apply the word to our lives and make it real. Hebrews 12, 14, strive for peace with everyone, for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. We've got to be in the peace to see the Lord. When, when you're feeling like everything's crazy, your world is crazy. I had somebody text me the other day and said, I'm in a whirlwind right now. I'm like, well, winds to me can be good, but if it's knocking you off your horse of the Lord, that's not good. You know what I'm saying? But the peace comes from the Father. You know, we were, we were out there those days, and the Lord was just, telling me about, you know, catching the fresh wind, catching the fresh wind in his peace. And I remember one of the days I was out on one of those boats and I just stood at the edge of the boat and I was standing there and I said, God, I shut my eyes for him and I said, God, let your fresh winds just begin to blow over our faces, Lord, that we would be in your peace and in your rest. You know, when, when, um, when things are havoc in your day, I'm just talking about your everyday life. When things get havoc and you're like running around, crazy, crazy day, um, those, are the, those are the times that we need to cling to his peace the most. Those are the times that you need to take a moment and say, God, this chaos is not you. This circumstance is not you. And I just speak peace over it right now in the name of Jesus. Um, you've got to begin to, to use your words, the power of what God's given you to begin to shift things. Um, he's given freedom right now, freedom of your mind, freedom of that anxiety, freedom of the fear, freedom of the worries, of the burdens, freedom in that. Because let me tell you, you hear the story of the Mayflower? They were horrible conditions they had to travel in just to get here to have freedom. But Jesus paid it all for us for us to have freedom. We don't have to receive chaos. We don't have to receive anxiety. We don't have to receive all the sicknesses that people diagnose us with. We don't have to agree with those things. We've got to speak peace over them. We've got to speak uh, the Lord's will over them. We've got to begin to shift our, our season, shift our atmospheres. We've got to begin to walk with the Lord in that manner. We don't want to be like Doubting Thomas and say, God, I don't know what this is all about. The souls are coming to this place. The souls of harvest, I think it was amazing that we prayed for people that needed to know the Lord this morning because the souls of harvest are coming. They are ripe and ready and ready to be touched by the Lord. They're ready to receive out of desperation uh, a new beginning of the Lord. 
Thomas needed that new beginning of the Lord because when Jesus went to be with his father, he wanted to leave him with him knowing that what he had spoken was true. He wanted to, he didn't want to leave him in disbelief. He didn't want to leave him faithless. He didn't want to leave him without anything else but what he had for him. And he, he made an extra trip just for Thomas for the one. That's the souls of harvest right there for the one. I was in a very busy time one day in Alabama and we had this big conference we were doing and I remember I was like I had to run home change get dressed come back stopped at the gas station to pump gas in my car and I'm standing there pumping gas and there's this man in a wheelchair there in the front of the 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 little store there and I'm trying to hurry up and get back because I've got tons of responsibilities and I'm like (laughs) rushing and the Lord stopped me and he says I want you to turn around I want you to go pray for that man and I said, but God, you know my time, you know, like, I'm like on rush mode right now. Like, can I go do what I got to do and then come back? Or like, can we work this out? And he's like, no, you need to go now. And I just went over to this man in the wheelchair and, and I just prayed for him. And I just became obedient to what the Lord wanted to do through the Holy Spirit and prayed over him and blessed him. And I got in my car <laughs> And I had this very supernatural thing happen to me. See, we do things out of obedience to the Lord, but we don't know the magnitude of the power of what God's going to use us to do in obedience to him. And I start driving, and I kid you not, I know some of you are going to have a hard time with this, but I'm telling you the truth. Rain started to rain on my truck. Only on my truck. I looked around me, there was no rain nowhere else. The cars beside me were all dry. There was no rain falling on the cars beside me. Rain began to come (laughs) on just my truck. (laughs) And I started to weep, cry with the Lord. And he started telling me, because you stopped for the one, because that one soul was so meaningful to you and so precious to you that you took the time for that one, now I'm going to send you fresh rain. I share that with you today because... I was sitting there this morning praying to the Lord. And in the spirit, I started to see fresh rain come. And I was like, God, what is this? I just keep seeing rain. And I thought literally it was raining for real outside because it was so real to me. And I remember getting up off my chair this morning, and I got up and I walked over there to the window, my little sliding door, and I was like, is it raining for real? But I was reading this word, and I was just like, God, you're sending the fresh rain again. And it's supernatural because I saw the rain in the spirit. I didn't see. It wasn't happening in the natural. Nothing was wet. The best you're doing. Also to bring refreshing to your spirit, to the things that are inside of you that have gone dry, to bring you a fresh drink of his goodness. And I really believe this morning he's bringing us a fresh drink, a refreshing this morning of a new drink for the new beginnings he's extending out to us. And and he's saying, I'm going to give you a fresh drink and you're going to be rejuvenated. 
and you're going to feel so refreshed in my spirit. And the peace of God is going to fall on you. I was there in uh, Massachusetts one night, and I was sitting there. And as I was sitting there, um, (laughs) the Lord knows exactly what we need when we need it. Every single time, I promise you. And I was sitting there, and I was, it was our last night there, and I was tired. And my knees were just killing me. You know, sometimes I battle with that. Many of you know that. And so I'm sitting there, and this lady comes in, and she could barely walk. She was just, like, hiking up on her legs because she was hurting so bad. And so she comes, and she sits right next to me. And I look at her, and I said, well, hello, how are you doing? She knew nothing of who I was. I knew nothing of her. We just sat next to each other. We thought we were in worship together. So (laughs) I'm sitting there, and she says, I said, what's going on with you? What's wrong with your leg? I saw you limping in. And she says, well, I have this, this knee of mine that's acting up, and it's hurting me so bad. And so I said, I looked at her, and I felt the Lord walk into the room. Like I literally felt the peace of the Father walk in and fall on me. And I remember feeling the Lord and the peace that came in with the Father. And I felt the Holy Spirit come fall on me all of a sudden, nowhere, sitting next to this lady. And I looked at her and the Lord says, I want you to pray for her. And I'm hurting myself. You know, when you're hurting yourself, when you're going through things yourself, you've got to push through those things so you can help others, even when you don't feel like it, even when you don't want to. And God honors you for that. And so I put my hand on her knee. I said, do you mind if I pray with you? And she says, no, 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 not at all. I put my hand on her knee. And it it really touched my heart because Many, many years ago, my dad had this swollen hand. I don't know if he got stung by something or what, but it was all swelled up. And I felt such such compassion for my dad because I knew he was in pain. And I remember getting my hand and putting it on his hand, and I prayed for him, and I began to feel the swelling decrease underneath his hand. And, it, and, and my hand was here, and his, his skin was going like this. Because the swelling was coming down and the Lord was touching him. And that night, I felt that again. I felt tingling underneath my hand. And I felt the peace of the Lord so heavy in there. Like I could have just gone on the floor and got on my face and just wept to the Lord. And I remember feeling this tingling underneath my hand. And I began to feel her swollenness move from my hand and go down. And she turns around, she looks at me, and it was no longer about her healing for her knee. And she turns around and looks at me, and she says, I just feel this tremendous amount of peace all of a sudden. And I said, well, thank you, Jesus, because it's so awesome. The peace of the Father is here with us. Many people that have a lot of money and have everything, they can't afford the the peace that God can give them. The peace of the Lord is so valuable. And people right now are hungry for the peacemakers to come. 
They are hungry for those that are going to speak a shift in a chaotic situation, in a, in a bad situation, and they're going to be longing for somebody to come in and to speak the opposite over that situation. When the peace of the Father comes in, that is when the supernatural healings begin to move and come in. I remember sitting in a service one time, and it was a worship conference we were having this weekend. And he's up there, and he's this guy. I mean, if I told you his name, you would know who he is. He's amazing. He's up there ministering about worship and sound and all these things. And all of a sudden, this hover of peace comes And I remember when the hovering of this peace came in, all of a sudden, all you want to do is get on your face. You don't want to think anything. You don't want to do anything. You fall under this peace that's so overwhelming that all you want to do is get on the floor and give all honor to Jesus at that moment. And I remember I felt I got off my chair and I fell to the ground because this tremendous amount of peace that I felt. And I fell to the ground on my face and I just began to thank the Lord for the peace. If you are dealing with anxiety this morning, if you're dealing with things of your mind, the chaos sometimes, speak peace to it. Ask for the peace of the Lord to come in to your room, into your house, into the areas of your life that you need it the most. Because that's not what God has intended for you, was not to ever not be in the peace of the Father. We saw so many things that weekend when we were gone of healing. This lady came in and she says, I, I, I tell you these stories to build faith. To build faith in the house to know that God is still a healer. He is still a peacemaker. He is still walking the earth with us, through us, in us. That we have all authority and power to do what he's called us to do. This lady comes up for prayer one day. And she just tells me minimal of what she's doing. And she says, you know, I just have this pain in my ears from the sinuses if you guys could just pray with me pray with me and I'm like yeah of course we did a simple prayer touched her ears prayed for her to be healed simple walked away the next day the lady comes in and she's weeping and she says you know the Lord came in and I felt his hands touch my ears and I you don't understand the pain that I was under before I came in. See, she didn't describe the pain. She didn't tell me everything. She said, I felt like a, a, a drill was going through my ears. That's how bad my pain was. And my head was pounding like somebody had hit my head with a baseball bat. And she says, I was in excruciating pain that I didn't even know I would be able to make it through the service here with you guys. And she says, but when I woke up in the morning, no pain was there. Everything was gone. And I felt the Lord come in and touch my ears and bring healing to them. And it's all gone. (laughs) See, we walked into those places and there is a little bit of chaos and fear there. 
because the circumstances there were not good. There was a lot of things going on in the natural of, of curfews. And I mean, it was not like here. It was very different there. And the Lord told me, he says, you need to walk in peace here to bring breakthrough to these people from their fear. Everywhere Jesus walked, he shifted the atmosphere. He shifted the circumstances. He never, ever agreed with what he saw in front of him. The, the demon possessed went off. Guess what he did? He spoke to the, that thing and commanded it to leave. Things would manifest and things would happen less. And they're getting upset with Jesus. Why didn't you come here? If you would only have come here sooner, if you would only come here days ago, Lazarus wouldn't be dead right now. And here comes Jesus on the scene and raises Lazarus from the dead again. And he resurrects from the dead. And, and, and the breath of life giver, Jesus, breathes on him. And the winds come and begin to put him back together again. Can we stand this morning? God is so good. He is the peacemaker. We will be a lighthouse here. And people will come to this house who have been wounded, who have been battered, who have gone through some storms in their life. And the Lord is telling me to declare this in the atmosphere and in the region here, that the Lord will come and he will heal them and he will restore them. And then he will send them back out of this place to do what they're called to do in their lives. And he will send them this time, not in the storms, but he will send them out of this place with peace in their hearts. And peace as they leave to go do their assignments. And peace as they come back. The days of chaos are gone in the name of Jesus. The days of destruction are gone in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Let's just close our eyes for a moment. God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for coming to the earth to bring peace, Lord. <laughs> that you died and you resurrected, Lord, to bring peace to us all, Lord that peace would be with us and that we would be carriers of your peace this season, Lord. That every chaotic thing has to come under subjection of the heavens, Lord, where it has the increase of peace on it, Lord. And we speak peace to the chaotic things of the region. We speak peace to the chaotic things of our state. We speak peace to be upon our governor. We speak peace to be upon the decision makers of these towns, Lord. Peace be with them, Lord. That they would have a sound mind in their peace, Lord. And that they would hear your Holy Spirit so clear. You know, some of you have been attacked with some of this stuff. And I'm declaring over you this morning that the peace of the Lord you're going to take with you, because we had to go all the way to Massachusetts
to get the peace from the peacemakers. <laughs> and we had to bring it back here to this region. That the Lord would bring peace to all of us and joy and happiness of the Lord. <laughs> God, we pray peace would be in this place and rest would be upon this place, Lord. We speak your goodness, God, in this place of peace this morning, Lord. That even as people go today, Lord, they will be carriers of your peace in their hearts, in their minds, and in their souls, Lord. That every plan of the enemy would be broken, Lord. And it would be exchanged for peace that was paid on the cross for all of us. That peace would be with us this season. And we would be in calm waters. <laughs> Not in the storms this season, Lord. You, we're speaking, you're speaking peace over the storms of our life even right now, Lord. That peace would be upon those things also, Lord. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your peace. Let's just begin to thank the Lord this morning for his peace this morning. <laughs> just begin to thank him in your worship. Begin to thank him for the peace that he's given you. <laughs> 